Hi team, this is the Be Real With Us podcast by The Path to Goals on a mission to help you quit yo-yo dieting forever, eat foods you love, embrace the strength of lifting heavy ass weights and cultivate an undeniable level of confidence that inspires women around you to do the exact same. We are certified nutritionists and personal trainers who just wanna be real with you when it comes to nutrition, strength, and mindset. We specialize in behavior change, hormones, metabolism, sleep, stress, recovery, and mindset. If you are frustrated by all the conflicting information floating around on the internet, well, don't worry because we are here to call out the bullshit and help you stop overthinking and start doing. Billions of these humans, humans. spinning on a ball of confusion. confusion. Some kids I went to school with, school with. gave up on their dreams, they said, screw it. Screw I it. said, oh, I'ma make some music. Even if they tell me it won't do shit Damn, I fucking knew it I'm blowing up quick I said, boom, bitch I could give a few Welcome, Be Real With Us podcast listeners Thank you so much for tuning in It's Alyssa It's Shantae Welcome Welcome, welcome welcome. Oh my goodness I just got back from uh, uh, It's called Penny Pickles Workshop with Oh fun It was so fun It's out of our routine things Yeah (laughs) Well, I well fun we, for her. <laughs> yeah, fun. Well, I go to the gym Monday through Friday, so I yeah. was like, you know what, I'm gonna mix it up today. Like last week, we went to a park, and then um, today we did a workshop. It's actually really cute. It's like she had a great time, and on the way home, she's falling asleep. I'm like, do not fall asleep. Do not fall asleep. Wait, wait. Yeah. <laughs> well, I need yeah. I need her to go to bed as close to 1 p.m. as possible, so we don't have any interruptions during our podcast. <laughs> and now she's sound asleep. She made it. She's sound asleep. <laughs> perfect, perfect. Yes. How's your day going? Uh, I'm tired. I've yeah. tired from doing nothing, just sitting around. Hey, no, you're growing a human. So that is true. Uh, I was hoping that he'd be out by now, but you know, still in there. Yep. <laughs> he's still in there and sucking the life out of me. <laughs> But, you know, any day now I'm hoping. Um, Sleep has been actually really good, which is great. Um, It's just when I wake up that I just feel so uncomfortable. But the quality of sleep has still been maintaining, so that's good. Um, But, yeah, just like every – I know, right? Get it in while you can. (laughs) That's what Kevin was saying because he's on paternity leave. He's Mm -hmm. having a grand old time right now. No baby, (laughs) no house chores. Like, what is he going to do with his life right now? He got a book. From the yeah, library. Yeah, he got a book from the library. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> he was like, "Hey, have you ever have you been to that library down the street from?" I'm like, "No, why would I go to the library? <laughs> I have audiobooks now." Uh, French Valley, yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. But he's like, "Yeah, we could get Isaiah, our son, or soon to be son, a uh, uh, library card, and uh, I don't know." Yeah, yeah. We still haven't gone okay. there yet. I heard there's story time. It's yeah, it's cute. yeah, it's Which, cute. It's just like. Normal library. Yeah. <laughs> same old, same old. Not much has changed. <laughs> I haven't been in a library since oh, God knows how long. Yeah. Audiobooks are where it's at, man. Like who's got time to sit down and actually read a book? A thousand percent. And that's what I told him. I'm like, you know, there's audiobooks now. You don't have to. <laughs> you don't have to. 
2023. Yeah. yeah. Well, I say that because we have a whole bookshelf filled with books and I'm an avid half book reader. So I'll buy a book and <laughs> I will read it until the middle and then I lose interest. And then, so I have all, like all the books in my shelf have been half read. Um, <laughs> and so I'm very proud of myself, but you know, <laughs> with that progress, but ever since audiobooks came out, I mean, who needs to read when you got audiobooks? <laughs> It is time consuming to no, sit down. Okay. So here, here's the thing. I mean, obviously you should, you know, reading is a skill, right? Mm -hmm. uh, reading proficiency and, um, you know, just like expanding your knowledge and all of that stuff. I, I mean, and I've told you guys my history with school and how, mm -hmm. how much I've struggled, but ever since audiobooks have come out, I mean, it has really changed the learning game for me. Um, I'm able to focus more and consume obviously information at a faster pace because one of my deficits or one of my, you know, things that I struggled with in school was, um, if it's not interesting to me, I'll tend to space out and then I read the page and I don't have no idea what it mm -hmm. said. So I have to go back to the beginning and it happens sometimes two or three times. Oh yeah. <laughs> so, um, audiobooks have definitely helped me because I, Usually when I'm listening to an audiobook, I'm not just sitting around. I'm doing other things. I'm cleaning mm -hmm. or doing my makeup or something like that. So it's just like the whole experience makes it a lot more, uh, I don't know, uh, effective for me mm -hmm. when it comes to consuming information. It sounds like you're just more of an audio learner. Like you like yeah. to hear um, and learn faster that way. And having it at a faster speed is really helpful because I can definitely I listen faster yeah. than I can read. Yeah. And so. Denise is like always like four times speed. Oh, like, I, don't I, don't know know. I don't know how she does I know, four right? times. Like, well, maybe not four times. It's, it's no, pretty she's, fast. She says Voxer. Oh. She does four times. Like, oh, really? So there's the option on Voxer. I'm like, how can you understand someone? <laughs> That's fast. She, yeah, that is fast. She's crazy. Yeah, she I can't. Can. I mean, I've even tried to do two speed on WhatsApp. Mm -hmm. And even mm -hmm. sometimes that is too fast for me. So 1.5 is like perfect. Mm -hmm. um, Agreed. But yeah, it's so funny because one time when I told Kevin about this, like watching YouTube videos is, you know, something that he likes to do. I'm like, oh, you know, you can like speed it up. Yes. <laughs> and like, there's a, like a speed thing. He's like, Shantae, you don't need the information faster. And I was like, yes, yes, yes I, I do. do. <laughs> I need it a lot faster. For an always comments. He's like, can you even understand what they're saying? I'm like, yeah, you can't. <laughs> but we also move at different paces. I'm like, Fast, always go, 20 feet yeah. yeah 20 feet ahead of him he's like molasses oh my gosh it's like watching paint dry <laughs> anything and everything he does is watching paint dry and i'm just like no one can move fast enough <laughs> like, what oh are you doing God, i'm so glad i'm not the only one because even today like there's still some things like last minute things to do in in the house upstairs and i'm like just get it done you're like you're so close like why are you dragging your feet like just Go, go, go and get it. Is done. it a man thing, you guys? Okay, Maybe. listeners, let us know. Is it a man thing? Like, just like, are everything. you like this? <laughs> like, I, they can't multitask. Like, they can't multi. Like, I'm cooking, I'm and like, cooking need, eggs. And they toast. need breaks. And they, they need oh breaks. Oh my God, yes. Like, after every 10 minute task requires yes. a 15 to 20 minute break on the phone. Like, I cannot. <laughs> oh, Fern, with his break, he's like, and it's funny, we'll go to the gym and like do one errand and he'll be like, wow, that was a busy day. Like sits <laughs> down, like, oh man, like we did a lot today. I was like, we went to the gym and like got gas. <laughs> like, <laughs> we didn't do anything. <laughs> 
<laughs> too I many things, too many things. What? Too many things. Uh, yeah. Oh my God. That's so funny. Yeah. No one, I, I have to create the urgency within our house mm-hmm. or else things would just drag oh, and drag what and drag. What they do with us? <laughs> I know. That's what I keep reminding Kevin. I'm like, you know, you're really lucky to have me here. <laughs> So we can get things done. No, survive. he puts up. He puts up with my annoying ass. I am really, uh, <laughs> you know, pushy when it comes to things that I want done around the house. But Ugh. oh well. <laughs> but look at how pretty your house looks. Yeah, Almost yeah. Done. Finally, oh my god, the cleaners came today. Oh, how was it? How they do? Oh my god, it was. They did great. I mean, yeah, see, they're awesome. I love them. Yeah, two hours, and mm-hmm. they made my entire downstairs spotless. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I actually prefer to clean my own house. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, I find it very therapeutic and mm. uh, calming. Um, I also like just like looking at my work at the end of the day and like lighting mm. that candle mm-hmm. saying, okay, nobody breathe, nobody touch anything, <laughs> sit your ass down <laughs> We're watching TV. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, obviously, because I'm about to pop any day, it's just so much harder for Mm-mm. me to clean my house. And so they came in and they cleaned everything. And yeah, it's nice. It's so nice. I love yeah. it. You got to outsource while, where you can, guys. Yeah, 100%. Oh, cool. Man. Yeah. Well, shall we get into yeah, the let's topic of the day? <laughs> cool. <laughs> topic of the day. Okay, here are the top six. We decided on six, right? Mistakes yes. you're making right now when you're trying to lose fat. All right. So we're going to run through them and um, we got our list. So first on the list (laughs) is my favorite, um, selecting non-optimal exercises such as or in theory, running and hit. Okay. Before you just turn off the podcast, (laughs) hear me out. (laughs) And I, I wanted to be the one to talk on this because I am a group fitness instructor. Okay. So I'm allowed to parse out. um, She has street cred. I have street cred when it comes to this. Um, so I am a um, ACE group fitness instructor. I taught group fitness both online and in person. You guys, group fitness is amazing, right? And I've, and I've been in the fitness gym uh, space for a decade, over a decade, 12 years. And I've always loved group fitness. Um, and if you are someone that has trouble um, working out, you need a community, good music. Oh my gosh. Class, like spin classes are so fun. The music's great. There's the atmosphere is awesome. Orange theory I've done once and never again. Um, but they're fun. I get it. It's a, it's a great community aspect. Um, and if you are really, you know, it's hard for you to get into a gym, start there, build community, get your body moving. It's okay. We're all for that. Dot, dot, dot. (laughs) Asterisk. (laughs) If you are trying, if you have a specific physique in mind, usually the women, when they take these group fat fitness classes and they see the coach, the coaches are usually look a certain way, right? They have toned arms. They have, you know, yeah, they're, have jacked. they're jacked. They're jacked. We all Listen, know that they're doing the, the group they fitness. Is, <laughs> yeah, they're, they're lifting. They're in the gym lifting weights. Like. Here's the thing, ladies. I, yeah. I, I, I was friends with all these gals. <laughs> they didn't strictly do just the group fitness classes. I was one of them. I would teach and then I would hit the gym after. <laughs> um, I would rarely do the full class. You're usually teaching, not exercising. Um, and so, yeah, I would lift and then go teach. So just majority of the classes, probably 90% of the instructors don't just do spin or Pilates. All right. Mm-hmm. Um, with exception of yoga teachers. Me. Yeah, I don't. Know. Yeah. I don't know about them. Like even like the instructors, the instructors <laughs> in Peloton, mm-hmm. they're all just like massive yeah. and girls. 
jacked and they're not doing just like, spin. Yay, just doing this Mm-mm. Peloton. <laughs> like no. out of here. One of my clients, I don't do Peloton, but one of my clients says they do try to also encourage people to lift. That's what she said. I don't really know in what way, mm-hmm. but um, so if you are if you're looking for the tone shoulders, the slim waist, the tight, nice round glutes, if you want to look toned, <laughs> chiseled, right? In order to do that, you're going to have to strength train, okay? So majority of the people that listen to this podcast want to lose body fat. So one, you have to be in a calorie deficit. That means calorie restriction, either by restricting your food or by expending energy, right? HIT got popular because HIT produces more fat loss per unit of time. No surprise. Ding, 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 ding. Like, it's like people, remember when that came out? It was like, everyone's got to do it. Oh, this. yeah. Everybody was ah. doing it. Yeah. That's when Orange Theory popped up and like all of the those HIT type classes you see. And all HIT is is high intensity interval training, if you don't know what that is. Mm-hmm. Um, you might even probably use the acronym and not even really know what that means. But it's usually like 20 seconds of intense work and 10 seconds of rest. At short bursts of activity is what it is. Um, and the fact, HIT can lead up to 20 to 30 more percent fat loss. And I think people got a little hooked on those numbers mm-hmm. um, when compared to steady state, like just going on a walk. Well, duh, five minutes of sprints, you're going to burn more <laughs> than five minutes of walking. But is it better? Is it better? It's debatable, right? Um, it depends how much and how you use it. And cardio, Mm -hmm. you guys, is a valuable tool for fat loss, but relying solely on cardio for losing weight is like, might as well become a hamster on a wheel (laughs) because your body is really adaptable. The more Mm -hmm. cardio you do, the more your body becomes more efficient at burning fuel. And you, that means you burn fewer calories, you guys, doing the same workout. <laughs> no, don't do it. Don't get sucked in. And this is something my mom, I just had a talk with her. She was like, mm-hmm. well, more steps, more. I'm like, okay, how long are you going to go before you just, yeah. like, <laughs> just keep going on that hamster wheel forever? So um, something that we encourage our clients to do is focus on progressive strength training and add more muscle tissue, which is more metabolically active, which means you burn more. Um, so this is what's going to significantly boost your overall calorie expenditure, making it easier to lose fat and keep it off. Some other downsides to high intensity. So again, Orange Theory, HIT training, F45, all of that. And I know some of these do incorporate weight training. So hear me out first. Mm-hmm. Um, the downside is, is it's really intense and it can be really draining on your body. Um, and it does not provide muscle, muscle tension and progressive overload. Because typically, mm-hmm. like for example, Orange Theory, I, I know we keep going back to that, but it's three stations, right? It's it's treadmill, it's rower and, and weight training. And you're trying to bust through these rounds as fast as possible. So you're not gonna be lifting heavy weights, right? Mm-hmm. Um, trying to get in these reps. They want you sweating. And, be, and mm-hmm. a lot of women equate sweat to like fat burn for some reason. Yeah, that which is completely false. I mean, you mm-hmm. can get an entire workout, not break a sweat and still mm-hmm. get fantastic results. Yep. Bodybuilding style training is a lot like that. And there have been so many times where I go to the gym, barely broken a sweat, but mm-hmm. my body composition completely Ooh. changes. So it's more so um, how you're performing the exercises versus like how much mm-hmm. or how intense mm-hmm. your exercise is. Right? Yeah. And intense 
exercise can lead to muscle breakdown, especially if you're mm-hmm. not ac- adequately fueling, which you know you're not, <laughs> and followed by proper recovery. <laughs> Come on, listen. We know these hit junkies are going in. They're like, less is more, less calories. Like, let's try not to eat anything and then try to just go crazy at the gym. And that's how injuries happen, right? Usually Mm -hmm. if you're a newbie and you go in there, um, you're probably going to get injured. It can lead to inconsistent training. It's going to hinder your process, right? Mm -hmm. And you're Um, just going to feel exhausted. I remember when I was – so when back in my early days, Mm -hmm. I would go to the gym for two hours. The first hour was lifting and the second hour was all cardio. And I remember – just walking out of the gym, just like dripping sweat. And I would go on 20 minutes on the Stairmaster, 20 minutes on the elliptical, 20 minutes on the treadmill. Mm -hmm. And I would do these like dumb, like hop things. Like, like, I don't know, like some like jumpy jack, like pop squat. I don't even know. Like with the mindset and the idea, like the more I do, the more like Mm-hmm. crazy I look on these machines, the more results I'm going to get. I've been there. Yes. Yeah. I mean, we've all been there, but it, you're literally just spinning your wheels. And um, in fact, you'll probably get more out of low impact cardio, just walking more or walking mm-hmm. at a higher speed on the treadmill mm-hmm. than you will the hit cardio workouts because you're going to actually be able to preserve more muscle mass that way anyways. Yep. And that's exactly what I was going to So LIST is like steady state cardio. Mm-hmm. It's just more convenient, you guys. Yeah. You can watch TV. You can read a book. You can scroll. Into- that's what I do. I go to the gym and I scroll Instagram because I don't do that around my daughter. Mm-hmm. And so like that's like my, oh, I can just get on the treadmill for like 20, 30 minutes, scroll Instagram. You can go on a walk. With- I take her on walks with the dogs. It's just easy. It's enjoyable. It's mindless, right? You can multitask. Mm-hmm. So it's a lot easier on the body as well. Um, Now, HIT hit is great. Like we are advocates of heart health, right? It's so great. You can preserve your muscle gains, right? If you think of lifters, especially when you're training um, for a competition, you may need to increase your HIT sessions. But I would recommend doing it on a day off from lifting if possible because it is so draining. If you can, 24 hours. And if you're going to do cardio, like even steady state cardio and lift on the same day, try to spread it up into morning lifting session, nighttime cardio session, or mm-hmm. after weight training. Because you don't want to go into a training session tired, right? Yeah. You want to feel good and strong and get <laughs> like really crush your workout and then do cardio afterwards. What's up, Be Real with us listeners? We want to take a minute to talk to you about our Elite 360 Transformation Program with you. Our one-on-one programming focuses on three main pillars to help you achieve athletic results. Number one, optimal nutrition. Building an impressive physique requires you to fuel your body by consistently consuming the right portions of macronutrients, your carbohydrates, proteins, and fats, micronutrients, vitamins and minerals, and hydration to meet each individual needs for optimal performance, recovery, and sustained vitality. Two, strength training. Did you know women lose 1% of muscle mass per year after 30? This decline significantly raises the risk of chronic health issues as we age. So if we're not proactively building and maintaining muscle, we're losing it. We teach our clients how to properly build muscle and strength through our strength training program so they become more resilient and confident during all stages of their life. 
And number three, the most important part, behavior change. A true athlete recognizes the key to mastering their craft lies in seeking guidance and feedback from a trusted coach. They inherently grasp the importance of continuous learning and maintain a growth mindset throughout every step of their journey. Our team specializes in behavior science, where we implement evidence-based techniques to help you cultivate the lifestyle habits and mindset of a true athlete. So if you're interested in learning how to become an athlete, of your own life. Click the application link in the show notes to apply and we can't wait to hear from you. The next um, mistake that we often see is cutting calories too low from the get-go. So I want you guys to think of this. The whole point of dieting is to eat as much as possible while losing body fat. It is not a, oops, I need to lose weight. I've reached this place where I need to lose 20 to 30 pounds and then slash calories down to as little as possible just to make sure that you're losing weight, right? I always see women cutting, you know, I don't know, they're usually eating around between 1,800 to over 2,000 calories. And when they're trying to lose weight, they'll cut their carbs and fats down so much to around... between 12 to 1300 calories. And yes, you are going to lose weight. But as we have said so many other times before, um, weight loss isn't hard. That's not the hard part. The hard part part is maintaining your results. That's what we want at the end of the day when we try to pursue these goals is to maintain what we have lost. And so um, you need to make sure that, I would say a, a conservative caloric, cut in the beginning would be around 10%. Mm-hmm. If you want to go a little bit more aggressive, um, again, this is just really depends on your starting point, your goals, how long you're going to be in a deficit, um, and your compliancy, uh, maybe around 20%, right. Uh, mm-hmm. that you can cut. So that range 10 to 20% from the get go. Um, but you also want to keep in mind that because you're in a deficit, you're going to lose muscle mass as well. I've talked about this before. Uh, That is just the process of being in a deficit. Uh, So in order to preserve as much muscle mass as possible, in order to keep what you got, uh, you want to make sure that you're not under eating, you're not cutting calories too low, and you're still eating a high protein diet. Okay. And that is going to help you preserve as much muscle as possible because you don't just want to lose weight and then not have any like tone or shape, right? We're trying to create shape as well. Some other things to keep in mind are menstrual irregularities. So this is usually for folks who have been in a really low calorie diet for a while. So severe calorie restriction can disrupt the normal functioning of the reproductive system leading to menstrual irregularities. And what this means is the body perceives a lack of energy as a threat to survival. And so that can actually result in the suppression of reproductive functions. So it's your way of body of your body trying to keep it alive, right? Because dieting is just a controlled method of starvation, (laughs) whether you're doing it in a healthy way or a non-healthy way, your body doesn't know the difference, right? And so if you are in a really low calorie diet for a really long time, your body is going to 
start to shut down in order to keep it alive. And a lot of times for females, what that means is we're going to be, it's going to affect our reproductive hormones, uh, our reproductive system. And so this is not good, obviously, if you are trying to get pregnant <laughs> or if you're a chronic dieter and uh, maybe even like a chronic under eater and you're not even aware of, it could impact your chances of fertility. Uh, I know for myself, a little short story here. Um, before my husband and I got pregnant, or I got pregnant, depends on you want to ask about that. <laughs> People are gonna get sensitive about that. Um, anyways, um, I w my plan, my my grand plan was to get as lean as possible because I knew I was gonna gain weight during pregnancy. So I'm, I'm gonna get as lean as possible. You know, I did a bikini shoot. I, I did all that stuff. Um, and then it took us about a year to, to get pregnant. And now I don't know if this is for sure how we got pregnant, but I knew that I personally need to make some lifestyle changes because what I was eating at that time was for aesthetic purposes. So my calorie intake, my exercise and my steps were all, um, programmed to maintain a certain body fat percentage, which is around 18%. Um, and so when we started, you know, trying to get pregnant, um, you know, six months, seven months went by and I went to my personal trainer, uh, a new personal trainer. And she's like, yeah, I think your body fat's too low. We probably need to bring that up to about 20% and your dietary fats are way too low as well. And so I was eating more of like a bodybuilding style meal plan, which is higher protein and carb and lower fat. And obviously, um, fat dietary fats are so important for our hormone health. And so that was one of the things that, you know, we changed right away. Uh, I decreased my lifting schedule from five days per week to, uh, three days, um, decreased my steps and started eating more and really just focusing on adding a little bit more body fat, uh, around 20%, like my coach said. And, uh, I would say about six months later we got pregnant, but again, I mean, I don't, I'm, I can't say for sure that was like the magic solution to getting pregnant. It was just what I felt like I needed to do in order to achieve pregnancy. Um, See, and, this is why coaches even need coaches. Yeah. Like, we know all this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Has, she has a certification in her, but sometimes you need confirmation and to hear it from someone else. Cause it's like, yeah. sometimes you hold your goal so tightly and you're so focused on like hundred percent. And then, so yeah, getting a second pair of eyes and, Getting yeah, into. super helpful because, you know, emotions are tied in the goals mm -hmm. that we set for ourselves. Mm -hmm. And so I worked my ass off for the past 10 years to, you know, for aesthetics and, you know, maintaining certain body fat. And, you know, so I was really happy and content with where I was at. So I didn't even really think about changing my I diet. I secretly too, you were probably okay with postponing baby for oh, I like, <laughs> how long can I, can I drag this out for? <laughs> your body also knew you're like eh, I don't think she's quite ready <laughs> I know that's what Kevin kept saying so little side note here um I I wouldn't say I'm like the type of woman that has been like dreaming about the day of becoming a mother or anything it's a same girl same. yeah it it was just more so okay, well, I'm almost 35 now. And if we're going to do this, got to do it now. Like, but got to start now, I guess. Um, but I was, you know, very happy and fulfilled before. And I'm just excited now because obviously, you know, bringing love into the world, you know, you can't, oh, so I hear. So this is what I hear from other moms. It's like the best thing in the world. So I'm excited. 
Um, but yeah, I was, I definitely wasn't in a rush to get pregnant. It was more so Kevin, um, uh, you know, wanting it to be <laughs> faster than <Sooner>. me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Sooner than me. Um, okay. Anyways. So, um, eating low calories can, uh, decrease our estrogen levels as well. Um, this is not good ladies. So when we talk about, or when we hear things like hormone imbalances, um, yes, hormone imbalances do happen, but you also have to know that they don't just happen out of nowhere. They don't just like all of a sudden, like you turn a certain age or something happens and you automatically have hormone imbalances. They are contrived through lifestyle habits a lot of times. And a lot of people, a lot of women who experience severe hormone imbalances, especially as they reach perimenopause and menopause, um, will start to feel the effects of long, of all of their chronic dieting history that they have, you know, been participating in the past 10 years, right? Either that or um, the individual who has been overeating and under-exercising for the past, you know, 10 to 15 years. Now they're really starting to feel it on their body and their body's starting to shut down, right? As we tend to age, because we tend to lose muscle mass as well at the same time. Um, but estrogen levels specifically are a key hormone and obviously female reproductive hormones, but they also help with muscle protein synthesis. Um, estrogen has been shown to have a really positive effect on, um, building muscle. And, um, this is necessary for proper, you know, building and, uh, recovery and, um, all of that fun stuff. It also helps, uh, with anti-catabolic effects. So, um, the process of breaking muscle tissue down, it helps prevent that from happening at a faster rate. And then of course, extra, um, estrogen influences our exercise performance. Um, it influ influences our energy metabolism, muscle function, and helps us with the recovery, like I just said. Um, and so if you are chronically under eating, not getting enough, um, healthy dietary fats, um, you know, over exercising hormones, especially your estrogen are definitely going to be impacted from that. Um, and then changes in leptin levels. So leptin is actually a hormone that plays a role in regulating appetite and metabolism. So if you are severely restricting your calories, this can lead to a decrease in leptin. Basically, it's signaling your body that energy stores is, are low. And this can affect, um, again, kind of going back to what I said, uh, reproductive hormones and then other menstrual um, or more frequent menstrual irregularities. Uh, and then obviously, if you're under eating for that long, you're going to see a huge spike in your cravings, cravings, even sometimes craving like healthy foods. I remember when we were uh, mm -hmm. dieting those years, uh, especially in bodybuilding, all we want, all I wanted was like oatmeal <laughs> and fruit. <laughs> yeah. You start craving some weird stuff that, you know, it's typically a sign that your body's just not getting the nutrients that it needs. Uh, and so, you know, um, you could have a lot more intense sugar cravings. You might, you know, energy low energy, um, levels are low. So you might, be increasing your caffeine intake. Uh, and so it's kind of like this ripple effect that if you're not eating enough, um, even on a healthy or even on a diet, then it's going to impact other areas of your life as well, including your sleep, which I'll get into. Um, but yeah, that is my spiel on yeah. number two. All right. Number three, we have, um, 
overcomplicating nutrition. So y'all, we're, head, we're heading for it right now. January 1st is upon us in a few weeks. You're about to get bombarded with fad diets, fancy supplements, and endless do not eat list. <laughs> um, and they're all gonna promise you, listen, here's your red flags. Quick fixes, magical results. You're gonna see 30-day transformations, maybe a six-week transformation. It's a completely different person. <laughs> um, and supplements are just not magic. Um, supplements, you guys, can be beneficial, right? We do recommend, we have our clients, um, I have a handful that we recommend, right? But they're never a substitute for a healthy, well-balanced diet um, and making sure that you're getting most of your nutrition through whole foods first, you guys. So fad, mm -hmm. fad diets are big. Um, and trust us, we did this too. Like we've done this multiple times over our life. Um, we spent our hard-earned cash on endless shake stuff, powders, prepackaged meals, like I think fat burners, are, fat. Oh, so many fat burners, you guys. Um, we thought like this was it. This would unlock your secret dream body. Um, they're just, they're just, it's not, it's not, it's not it. It's not sustainable. I wish I could just take all that money I spent on supplements and like bought, hired a trainer, another trainer, right? Like, or yeah. by now I probably would have been able to buy a, like a really nice car yeah. <laughs> if I had saved all that cash. But I think, uh, like at one point I was sponsored by Max Muscle because I was doing the competition. Oh, yeah, I remember that. Um, and God, the list of stuff. I remember it was so cool. You go in there and you're like, what are the new, like, what is it? Like, what what are you selling to us today? And like the raspberry fat burning pills and uh, so many different types, types of supplements out there. And then at one point I was part of an MLM, which I will not name, um, but... <laughs> Um, it was, it promoted like a 30 day sort of detox with all of the things. And the only good thing out of that list was probably the protein, but it was vegan. So, eh. um, yeah. so, so it's not really protein. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It um, tastes really good. That it, it was, yeah, I, I do have to admit, like it, you literally taste like you're drinking like a, a, a milkshake from, <laughs> from McDonald's or something. I'm like, what's in this stuff? What sugar? This? <laughs> <laughs> it was actually real sugar. That's why. Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't fixed. figured. Um, so the fad diets, and, and what is a fad diet? I think when we hear fad diet, you're like, okay, well, what I'm doing, it's not a fad diet. <laughs> right. So you'll know you're on a fad diet when you, it demonizes an entire food group or if they hand you a list. <laughs> if it leads to any kind of confusion or anxiety on what to eat, like don't eat carbs, cut out all the sugar, only eat grapefruit or cabbage soup or whatever, whatever their rules are, if, they, if they're unrealistic and they cannot be applied to your life forever. Like if you can't imagine yourself following this for the rest of your life, if you wouldn't recommend it to your children, if, well, I should be careful there because like as a child, I was on Atkins. <laughs> like my family was like, what's this Atkins? Let's okay. Let's do low carb. Well, they didn't um, know. They didn't know. But now you but, know. Yeah. Listeners. Now we <laughs> <laughs> Um, if it's, if you wouldn't recommend this for a pregnant person, uh, your ch a child, then, or if you can't live like this forever, then we wouldn't recommend you do it. Mm -hmm. um, and so trying to follow rigid rules, if, if you can't eat out comfortably or socialize is like a nightmare or it's making you feel 
anxiety when getting into social situations or feeling guilty, right? And missing out. Like I remember when we, I, more more you, right? You would like lock yourself. You would not go to social situations. Yeah, no, I had no, <laughs> yeah, I didn't care. I was like, guess I don't have a life anymore. <laughs> Stick in here. If you're not able to like take what you've learned and apply it, um, if there's rigid rules, then we wouldn't recommend doing this. Um, yeah. and, and I think also considering you guys, it's not what you eat. Cause I think a lot of people get so obsessed with like, <gasps> there's like good food and bad food, which there isn't spoiler alert. Um, but it's not what it's just, it's also how like mm. paying attention when your body is naturally hungry and listening to your fullness cues, um, and being able to stop when you're satisfied and not forcing yourself to finish it, your whole plate, skipping meals. It's a big one. So many breakfast skippers out there. Mm -hmm. Um, I think the how you're eating is also very important. So yeah, this can even be applied if you're tracking macros too, because mm -hmm. macros can easily become a yep. bad diet like uh, diet plan. Uh, and I think, you know, I'm going to get into this a little bit later, but just because you're tracking your food intake a couple days per week um, doesn't mean that you're actually learning anything or that you don't have. Um, you know, those necessary skills that you need to maintain your results. Like a lot of people think that just like tracking their food or tracking their calories, like should get them, you know, the results that they want. But again, it's not so the diet itself, but it's like the behaviors around the food that impact you the most. Mm -hmm. Um, so you could still be mindless with macro-based nutrition. You could still, um, have rigidities around it. Even if you're tracking your macros, I see a lot of people, you know, only sticking to clean, quote unquote, clean foods mm -hmm. when they're tracking their food intake. And so that's kind of part of this whole, okay, I'm good when I'm eating clean and when I'm tracking my food. And then when I'm not, then I'm bad. Yep. And, you know, so you can easily fall into that mindset with macros as well. Cool. All right. So number four, uh, not paying attention to other lifestyle habits. So when it comes to things like sleep and stress and routines and things like that, um, it's heavily going to influence your nutritional choices. So starting with sleep deprivation, um, which, you know, will be me in a couple of weeks. Um, yeah, sleep deprivation can definitely impact your uh, cognitive functioning, right? Your brain could be a little foggy. You might be getting sick a lot because it's impacting your immune system. Um, maybe your workouts are feeling so hard, you know, when you're sleep deprived, you're not fully recovered. Uh, just getting to the gym can be a burden, right? It could just feel extra hard. Um, you're, you could be, you know, struggling with weight because again, if you are not getting sufficient sleep, then that's going to affect your hunger hormones. You're going to experience more cravings. You might be increasing your caffeine intake, things like that. And that in itself is going to impact your caloric intake. Um, and then of course it impairs your mood and your ability to regulate emotions effectively during the day. So sleep is one of those things where, um, everybody knows, everybody knows that they need, um, to get more sleep, but it's very challenging. And so kind of going into like the behavioral aspect of getting more sleep, uh, obviously incorporating morning and evening routines, right? Um, are you going to bed and waking up at the same time every single day to help regulate your circadian rhythm, right? So if you're 
constantly going to bed or going to bed at different times every single night. Maybe sometimes it's at 10, maybe sometimes it's at 11.30, maybe sometimes it's at nine, right? It's no, There's no consistency. That is not going to be conducive to help regulating your circadian rhythm that we need for um, optimal health and functioning throughout the day. Um, evening routines is also a big one. Um, so one thing that I personally love to do in my evening routine is I take magnesium. Uh, magnesium glycinate is a supplement. So magnesium is a mineral that we naturally make in our body. And a lot of times when, we, when we're experiencing chronic stress, uh, our body depletes our magnesium stores. And so incorporating magnesium glycinate and at the end of the night can help restore those minerals lost throughout the day, but it also is going to help you relax your muscles. And if you're also, you know, have some issues with constipation or digestion, it also helps kind of relax the muscles around the digestive tract. So it can help you relieve some constipation if, if you're experiencing that. But, um, when it comes to sleep, it helps promote better sleep. So, I never go to bed without my magnesium because I always have so much better sleep when I have that with a little bit of night tea. And so that's part of my evening routine, something that I actually really look forward to. Um, it almost sets the tone like, all right, tell my brain like, okay, I'm getting ready for bed. It's time to wind down. It's time to turn off the TV. It's time to transition to the bedroom, right? And um, your environment is going to play a big role in helping you with quality sleep. So maybe you need a cooler room temperature. So, um, the body, uh, the body's temperature naturally decreases as a part of the sleep onset process. So a cooler room temperature actually helps facilitate this process by promoting the body's ability to cool down. Uh, and so, um, if you are scrolling at night with the TV on, um, a lot of stimulants going, stimulus going around, uh, you have a heater going on in your room, which I can't help it sometimes. Sometimes I do have a heater <laughs> when, when I, um, uh, it, when it's cold, when it's winter, uh, I can actually sleep. It, it is, you know what? It's not always as good as a cold room. It never is. Um, My house is always freezing. <laughs> we have it at 68. Like I, I'm so like on it with my thermostat. Like I adjust it. So it's always like around 68. Oh, really? Yes. My temperature is always around 74 for me. <laughs> oh my God, geez, that's hot. <laughs> Not for me. <laughs> oh my okay, God. Okay. Here's, here's the thing about, I, I, I mean, I, I could just see I'm like the only one out of like you, Denise and Kevin, you like cooler temperatures, mm -hmm. but yeah, I'm, I always have my little heater on over here. The house is around 74. I'm like, oh it God. needs to be like tank top weather for me. Like I don't <laughs> want to wear a sweater. You, you, know? Don't have a problem, you don't have a problem falling asleep? No. I mean, well, we turn off the heater when, oh. yeah, no, because okay. I, I do want a cooler room. Mm -hmm. It's not. So where we live, it's literally still summer. It's so annoying. <laughs> it's still freaking hot here. Eight minutes from my house. It's cold in, in here. My house is cold. No, outside. Oh. Outside in I the mean, weather. <laughs> like, it's not like, okay, well, when we first moved here, it was cold. I remember it actually, like, actually needing a coat to walk up the dogs outside. Uh -huh. And now I can probably go outside with a tank top. Hmm. I don't know. It's Anyways. Cold. Okay. Yeah, it's a little cold. Okay. <laughs> Maybe I'm just using all my mm -hmm. heat in the house. Mm -hmm. Um. 
Cool. Anyway, so um, melatonin production. So um, exposure to cooler temperatures in the evening can actually help stimulate the production of the sleep hormone melatonin. Um, and melatonin is influenced by light and temperature cues. So a cooler environment can really help signal the body that it's time to release melatonin, um, helping you regulate that sleep-wake cycle. Uh, and so kind of, you know, going back to the light aspect of it, if it's hot in your room, if your lights are turned on, like I just said before, um, having too much light when it's time to go to bed can actually impact your melatonin production. So this is why we always suggest putting your phone away, turning the TV off at least 30 minutes to an hour before going to bed. Um, so it doesn't inhibit melatonin production and you can actually, your body can actually, you know, tell the difference between daytime and nighttime, time to wake up, time to go to bed. Um, and then, um, so that was sleep. And then when it comes to stress, so managing stress is obviously, you know, something that we, like everybody needs to work on. Right. Um, and when I talk about stress, I'm not even really mostly talking about perceived stress. So when I talk about perceived stress, I'm talking about mental and emotional stress, right? Like having a shitty boss, <laughs> have, you know, marital problems, stressful day with the kids, mental health issues, right? Th those, um, uh, different forms of stress all come from perceived stress, but our body experiences stress in a couple different ways as well. Um, circadian, um, disruption, which I just talked about. So sleep dysregulation, right? Not getting enough sleep can actually impair and cause more stress on the body. Mm -hmm. Um, inflammatory signals. So, you know, um, allergies, um, infectious disease like COVID, GI inflammation, um, ectopic diseases, um, all of these different inflammatory signals can actually cause more stress on the body. Um, actually, a couple weeks ago, I had the worst allergies. I was mm -hmm. sneezing five times per day. Um, I couldn't focus. My brain was foggy. I couldn't breathe out of my nose. And so obviously, um, your body's not supposed to do that. Mm -hmm. And your body is going to sense that something's wrong and it's going to, you know, um, it's just going to cause more stress within your body. And that in itself is going to change your behavior, right? Change um, the rate in which you're moving and maybe your dietary choices. Um, and then there's also glycemic dysregulation. So this is just your dietary choices. Like, are you eating low fiber diet, um, foods high in sugar? Um, are you insulin resistant, right? All of these factors um, are added stresses to the body. Um, maybe you experience stress eating, right? And so if we are trying to maintain the results that we want through weight loss, through, you know, fat loss. We also need to make sure that we're managing our stress as best as possible. Now there's no such thing as completely taking stress away because that's just not realistic for most people. Um, but it's more so how can we set up our environment to manage it as best as possible? Um, and a lot of that has to do with the basic stuff that we're talking about today, drinking enough water, getting enough sleep, eating enough protein, fiber, vegetables, eating a well-balanced diet, mm -hmm. Um, managing your time. And we'll get into more like the behavioral stuff later. But um, yeah, I would say uh, paying even more attention to lifestyle factors like sleep and managing stress is really going to help you make these long-term changes. Yes. So this is number, what are we on? Five? Yes. Yes. We're on five. Um, so waiting until you've gained too much weight. So 
especially, I think a lot of people think there's, there'll be a better time. Like now's not a good time. It's never a good time. I'll focus on this later and really delaying action when it comes to getting serious about your weight loss, you're increasing your risk in developing chronic diseases that are associated with having a higher uh, weight. And so that could include, I mean, heart disease, diabetes is a big one, right? Stroke, cancers. Um, and that's really going to impact the quality of your life. Um, and I think oftentimes people, oh, they just get through life. It's like one day after the next. And then before they know it, when they go to the doctor, they're getting horrific news, right? Some bad news, life altering news. Um, and then it's like, oh shit, now I have to fix, <laughs> like, I need to fix mm -hmm. this. I need to fix it now. Mm -hmm. Um, and waiting for the problem to become that big is overwhelming, right? It's going to make it so much harder to find the quote, again, motivation and energy to take action if you've waited that long. And so, um, I think I, if you've waited to a point where you're, 30, 40, 50 pounds overweight, the perceived size of that challenge can be really paralyzing and lead to just even more inaction. Um, and so I think people wait because I, I mean, really it's, um, it's fear, avoidance. fear of failure. Yeah. Uh, hmm? Avoidance. Avoidance. avoidance yeah. And yeah. failure too. It's just like, mm -hmm. uh, we talk about this all the time with our coaching clients. It's, um, I think embracing that you're going to have to work through some stuff. It's going to mm -hmm. be scary and the fear of failure can be paralyzing, but just knowing that, you know what, I'm just going to take one little step in front of the, the, the one foot in front of the other and make these small changes um, instead of not making any action at all. I think change for people, it's, it's scary. It's hard. Mm -hmm. And yes, it is hard, but um, even positive change can disrupt your current life. And that can be really unsettling. Like I know with some of our clients making these big change, uh, these changes, it's, it's oftentimes our brain is like comfortable in their, in the familiar routine, even though you're unhappy. It's like, even though mm -hmm. I'm unhappy, I know this unhappy situation yeah. and making those changes, it's going to feel uncomfortable. It's going to be hard. And it doesn't, um, doesn't like to be the unknown. Yeah. Um, and it doesn't feel good right away. No, like, I think that's the hardest part. I mean, mm -hmm. aside from probably needing to learn some new skills and, uh, that whole aspect, it's just the learning process isn't a good feeling most of the time. And mm -hmm. that's what we have to stress to our clients too, that, or not just our clients, but just anybody who mm -hmm. are trying to make lifestyle changes is, you know, we, we fall in love with the, the end goal. We fall in love with the dream, the idea, the achievement, but we don't really fully understand the amount of work it's going to get it's going to require to get there. Mm -hmm. And that whole beginning process, you start to question if it's even worth it. Right. I mean, that's a reality that, you know, we can't hide from. Yeah. I mean, it's hard in the beginning. Like you're yeah. completely changing your lifestyle. You're letting go a lot of things. You're, you're literally creating a new identity for yourself because the identity that you've created for yourself has kept you sick all these years. So now you have to create a new identity that's going to keep you healthy. Mm -hmm. And that whole process is, intimidating and scary. Um, yeah. but once you gain more competency, once you gain more skills, once you gain more wins within your journey, 
all that's going to change. It's just really learning also how to tolerate feeling uncomfortable too. Yeah. So number five, don't wait to overhaul your entire life, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. Um, get get started now. And, and if you need to work with a coach to, to help you along that way. Yes. And number six, to wrap everything up, uh, behavior change. So instead of asking yourself, what diet do I need to do to lose 20 pounds? Ask yourself, what behaviors do I need to change in order to lose 20 pounds? Because those behaviors are the behaviors that you need to actually create long-term change, right? It's not the diet itself. Like Alyssa said, it's not more so what you eat, it's more so how you eat it, right? We're looking at the behavioral aspect to all of these changes. So some examples here are managing alcohol intake. I know alcohol is a big one that a lot of people really struggle with, especially in social settings. So that could be a really great place to start, okay? Maybe you're somebody that drinks, you know, two, three, four glasses of wine per week. Maybe you do some sort of, um, you know, goal. I'm only going to drink two per week and then one per week, right? Um, Sleep, we already went over that. Establishing really solid sleep routines to help increase the likelihood that you're going to feel really good the next day, that you're going to make better choices the next day. Your hormones are going to be more regulated. Cravings are going to be more regulated. Uh, a big one that we always start with ev- almost every single person that we co- that comes into our program is we're going to get really freaking great at meal planning and prepping. Planning your life and planning ahead is something that I don't think a lot of people think is that big of a, it, a thing, right? We're so <laughs> focused on like, again, the foods and the diets, we forget about the planning portion of it. Mm-hmm. So, um, for example, so I prepped like six weeks worth of food for, or me, six weeks worth of meals for my postpartum. And my whole thing about that is like, I have no idea what I'm getting myself into. <laughs> I have, I've never had a kid before. I <laughs> don't know what it's like. I've hear all these stories, but so I have some general idea. Um, uh, but I do know one thing, the, the better that I can plan for my environment to help me mm-hmm nourish my body and take care of myself, the better the experience is going to be. That's all I know. Uh, and so, <laughs> and so sure. I, yeah, that's all I know. I don't know anything else that's coming after that. Obviously sleep is going to be impaired and there's a lot of things I'm not going to be able to control, but food is something I can freaking control. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so planning ahead, meal planning, prepping, putting it in a freezer, um, or just stocking your environment with as much fruits and vegetables and, you know, foods that are going to help you stay consistent, uh, is key. Um, also preparing ahead of time, like I just mentioned, um, some other skills, you know, saying no, creating boundaries. I know that's a really hard one, especially, you know, kind of going back to managing alcohol intake and maybe even, you know, going out with friends and family, um, you know, setting boundaries with certain things. Like I have to leave at a certain time because I have to go to, um, go to sleep. I have a big day tomorrow or I need, you know, I have some goals that I'm working on, you know, this weekend, so I can't stay for the whole time or even, you know, creating boundaries around work, not working overtime if you don't have to. Right. And so, um, those skills can even be really uncomfortable because if you're a chronic People pleaser. It's mm-hmm. hard to create those boundaries because you know you want to make everybody happy. Um, and then time management is a really big one. So how you're managing your time? Um, are you doing a lot of time wasting activities like scrolling, watching TV? Um, 
you know, doing random things that aren't really urgent, but they help you kind of fill the time. So a lot of times we feel like we're really busy, but we're, where we're actually spending our time is just not in alignment with what we actually need to get done to save time. Yep. We actually have our clients uh, time track. So they'll yeah. actually every hour record what they did the past hour. And it's very, very eye-opening for a lot of them, especially mm -hmm. when they're, they're usually their go-to is I don't have enough time. There's not enough time in the day. Okay, well, let's see what you're actually doing. Yeah. <laughs> what did you happening. do? Yeah, let's see what's happening here. So just tracking your time or uh, hour by hour planning your day is very, very helpful and much overlooked. I think this is probably one of the biggest resistance uh, pieces is time management. People are like, I have, I have a work calendar. Yeah. With meetings. What about yeah. you? Where's your water? Where's your sleep? Where's your, where's your movement? And that no one's planning for themselves. They have family calendars, they have work calendars, but no uh, time management for them. Yeah, exactly. So <clears throat> those are just some ideas. Uh, basically creating an environment that is going to increase the likelihood of consistency. Yep. Right. Um, yeah. All right. Well, that is a wrap for our top six mistakes that we see people make when they are trying to lose body fat. Next is our question of the day. And by the way, you guys can, can submit these questions in the show notes down below. Um, there's a type form you can submit anonymously and we will answer them. Um, and I'll go ahead and read the question and then I'll have you answer it. So question of the day, I track my macros and lost a little weight, but I think I've hit a plateau because it's not working anymore. Help. <laughs> help. help. We are here to help. Okay. <laughs> so there's a couple of things that I see when folks say or tell me that they're tracking their macros. Okay. Um, number one, you're not tracking macros like you think you are. I see this time and time again, where they have some sort of like general calorie, maybe macro split, uh, but they're not actually hitting those ranges and they're only tracking their food intake like Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, mm -hmm. and kind of guesstimating the rest of the week. And so when we, at least when I say tracking macros, I'm thinking tracking macros, like you have a set calorie, proteins, fats, and carbs, and you're hitting at least within a five to 10 gram range for each macro. And you're doing this consistently seven days per week. For so at least a few months. Yeah, <laughs> like you guys, I track for two weeks. Okay. Yeah. Like I'm not, nothing's um, happening. <laughs> yeah. 100%. Yeah. You got to do it for a couple months take data. You're obviously like, if you have fat loss goals, you're going to be weighing in at least one time per week, and then maybe even taking progress pictures. Um, if you're not doing those things, then you're not actually tracking macros. You're not, you're not doing it properly. And so I would even just start there. Okay. Being really honest with yourself. Am I actually tracking my food intake or is this only happening when it's convenient for me? Mm -hmm. uh, and Oh, go ahead. Well, I was going to say, I think tracking, like you said, but making and tracking everything. Because yeah. people, a little olive oil, they don't yeah. track it. Or uh, a few bites of this or that, bites of their finished the kid's food, they don't track it. So it's like tracking it actually everything. <laughs> yes, everything that has a calorie. And we're not saying this is like a, a forever thing. Because listen, I definitely don't like track no. everything, every little thing that we eat at this point. However, we do feel like there needs to be 
a period of time where you're actually focusing on this and doing it properly for longer than just a few weeks in order to get some sort of outcome, right? Mm-hmm. Um, number two, um, you can set smaller, more attainable goals. So instead of trying to track or hit all three macronutrients, maybe you just focus on overall calories and your protein goal. Because at the end of the day, in order to lose fat, you just need to be in a caloric deficit. But like we said before, we need to make sure that the protein intake is high. So you're maintaining or retaining as much muscle mass as possible. And so if you want a little bit more flexibility and not have to worry about hitting your fats and your carbs perfectly, just focus on your overall calories, hitting your protein goal, and try not to go over under more than 150 to 200 calories uh, consistently over time. And so if that is an easier way for to help you stay consistent, try that. Um, number three, you could still have some restrictive patterns when it comes to tracking macronutrients. I mentioned this earlier in the episode where just because you're tracking macros doesn't mean that there's not problematic behaviors that have come with that. Maybe you still view food as like good or bad. Maybe you are really trying hard to stick to your calories or to your macro plan, but only with clean foods, right? Or maybe one day, you know, you went over your macros, you had, you know, a non-clean food and you went over your macros and you're like, all right, screw it. And then you just kind of, you know, fall into that all in or nothing mindset. Mm -hmm. These things can still happen. Just a a target macro or calorie set isn't going to magically make these things go away. And so, you know, um, when I've posted on my social media about how to set your target macros or calories, there's always a few people that get highly concerned with the number that they get because it's either too high, they think they're going to gain weight on it, or it's too low, they think it's not eating enough. And here's the thing when you're doing any macro calculator, any equation, is that it's not the end all be all. Mm -hmm. It's just a starting point. And if you feel like it's too low, or if your body feels like it's too low, right? You're low energy, you're craving things, you're hungry all the time, then increase your calories. (laughs) Like it's just the natural progression, just increase your (laughs) calories. Okay. It's obviously too low. And so we're going to need to increase it. Same with um, the calories that might look too high. Uh, with that though, I do think that a lot of women, they'll get their calorie goal. They feel like it's too high, but a lot of times they're already eating Mm -hmm. around that number or even more. They just don't Mm -hmm. realize it yet because of all the little snacking and grazing Mm -hmm. and high calorie foods that you assume are low calorie and things that we're not paying attention to. But when you actually switch your food choices to more whole foods, hitting that caloric intake, that might even you know, you might feel full faster and it might feel like a lot of food, uh, but you're probably still going to be able to lose weight on that calorie target because you're switching to more whole food items and you're going to naturally feel fuller faster. Yep. So nailed it. Yeah, that's it. I hope that <laughs> yeah. answered your question. Yeah. I didn't have anything else to add. I was like, could I, add? yeah, you, I think that's yeah. an accurate, um, way to conclude today's episode. Yeah. And that is a wrap y'all. Thank (laughs) you so much for joining the Be Real With Us podcast listeners. And we will talk to you next time. Bye.
This show was produced by Pretty Easy Podcasts and made possible by listeners like you. If you ever thought of doing your own podcast, please visit prettyeasypodcasts.com.